0: Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We are going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. How many of us have set plans in our minds of how our lives will transpire, professionally and personally? These plans may be expectations put upon us by others, like parents or a plan we have for ourselves. Hell, I remember in college making plans with my friends and how our lives would go. It was simple. Graduate LSU, get married by 25, have two kids by 28, drive a minivan, get a great job, easy. It should happen. Um, no. (laughs) Out of my friends, one got married at 32 and then lost her husband to pancreatic cancer four years later. One of the others bought her own business, adopted her daughter from Russia, and got married for the first time at 50 years old. So no, life does not go as planned. The problem is we ascribe these ideas to who we are and they become our identities. It's not reality. So how do you find the confidence to know that it is perfectly okay to switch gears in life? The power in this is that you will find who you were really meant to be in the first place, regardless of those silly plans. My guest in this episode, Susie Hubbard, was a planner. She knew exactly how her plans would go down until life happened. She will share with us what changed, how she adapted, and most importantly, how she used her confidence and purpose to guide her through this journey. Be sure to listen through to the end of this episode so you can hear my two tips on what to do when your life plans change. First, here is more on Susie. Susan Hubbard is a dedicated, passionate, and certified HR professional who thrives on building organizations in many aspects. Some of her areas of expertise are in employee health and welfare benefits, employee relations and diversity and inclusion, regulatory compliance, building policies and procedures, and culture environment. Although she has a kind and compassionate demeanor, which she does because I know her personally, her ability to connect and inspire leaders and colleagues with consistent coaching, training, and development is one of her greatest skills. She is also a champion for tough conversations, following the law, and preventing risk for an organization. Last June, Susie opened her own HR business called Herculean HR. Herculean HR strives to be ethical, professional, and confidential and help companies avoid potential pitfalls and liabilities. No obstacle is too large nor too insignificant for Herculean HR to help you overcome. You can feel confident in considering them as your strategic and helpful partner. Susie, I am so glad that you're here today. I've been excited to have you as a guest the last couple of weeks, so thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Holly.
0: Well, um, I have a list of questions for you as always, but before we get into those, i um, Let's tell the audience how we met. How did we meet?
1: Well, we were introduced to each other by a great friend and a business colleague, Lisa. And Lisa, she's always given me such sage advice. And when she introduced me to you and I got to meet you, that (laughs) advice definitely made me better.
0: Oh, that was sweet. I remember you reached out to me. And you're like, I'm thinking of starting my own business. This is like, what, six months ago now, maybe? Yeah,
1: almost six months. Yeah, Yeah. back in May.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you did it. And you did it. And so I'm proud of you. And I know that's what we're going to talk about today. But I appreciate Lisa for making that introduction.
1: I do too. Um, It was a pleasure seeing you for the first time in person at a Dream Team event in Farmer's Branch a few months ago. And I remember looking across the room and seeing you when you introduced yourself, and I said, "I, I talked with you over email. I thought to go give you a hug."
0: That was sweet. That was a really sweet moment too. It was nice to make that connection. So it was, it was great. And shout out to the dream team of Dallas Women's Network. By the way, it's a great group to be a part of. We like it a lot here. So, um, anyway, Miss Susie, there's a lot to hear from you. Um, I know the listeners are interested in hearing about your story. So will you tell us a little bit more about more about you personally
1: absolutely I'd love to so I grew up in the Dallas area I am a Dallas native which is a bit hard to find most people are transplants they come from other places but um, many people also ask why don't I have an accent and and the answer <laughs> is because my parents said you don't have an accent when you're in the city <laughs> Um, but I grew up in a very large family in the Dallas area and I was extremely fortunate to be part of a family that was very close. Um, I am one of six children and I'm right in the middle. And, and so I was really fortunate to have a a great loving family, one that I grew up with, um, in the Dallas area that strengthened me and supported me and was, we were always close and when when I was nine years old, um, I was diagnosed with diabetes, type one diabetes, and it really changed my life. It was a very pivotal moment in my life um, because things that I really loved to do with my mom and baking and and cooking and doing all of these things together had to change, and and so it it really did it. Man, it 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 made a difference. It made a huge difference in my life and how I was going to live my life. But I knew from a very early age because of the way that my parents raised me that serving others was always the way to go, that I would be most happy when I served others.
0: Well, I love that. And it's true about you because... In the last six months that I've known you, you're all about helping other people, which is why I think you're in the industry that you're in. Um, but your parents apparently did a really good job with you. Because you know what I like hearing about when you realized di- you were diagnosed with diabetes? I don't hear, oh, poor me. Oh, you know, I'm falling prey to this. It was like, no, I'm going to adjust my lifestyle and I'm still going to focus on serving others. It didn't hurt you. It helped you.
1: Yes. It's helped me a lot in my life. Even with all the challenges, it's made me a better person. At least I hope it has.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like it. Well, take us through to getting through high school and then getting through college and what kept your confidence high. And then what happened when you took the GMAT?
1: Absolutely. I, I had so many opportunities in high school to, decide what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I like to say that I was a choir and medical nerd. Um, I, I enjoyed singing and, and I was involved in a couple extracurricular groups that were amazing and really, really helped Grow my talent and also help me realize what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And so, um, alongside doing choir, I also in high school had the privilege and opportunity to be in a clinical rotations program. My ISD, my, my the independent school district that I was part of, they had a, a program that allowed juniors and seniors to go and become certified as a nurse's assistant and. After I went through that program and became certified, they allowed us to choose different places that we could go to, to to explore, to really understand what field or what area did we find our passion. And so it was amazing. I experienced some things that I never thought I would as a 16, 17, 18-year-old and most things that people have to wait to go to medical school or to nursing school to see I got to do it in high school. It was amazing. And I I thought, you know, my my original interest was I'm going to go into the medical field. I'm going to be either a nurse practitioner or a scrub technologist. And I I was so so excited about those those areas. And when you're in the medical field, you can kind of go from different places uh, or different departments to other departments. And so that excited me a lot. Well, my plans had to change um, because after after one rotation through a specific medical department at a hospital, I nearly passed out in a hospital, hospital, (laughs) seeing a procedure being done. It was it it was a great experience and it really helped me to understand ooh this really isn't for me um i need to find a different way of helping people so i rethought what what was i going to do how what was i going to do with the rest of my life because uh, Obviously that wasn't for me. Because passing out on the job might not be a good thing. So no, I get it. No, I get no. It. I yeah. I, I highly encourage people <laughs> to stay alert and cognizant and awake um, while, while they are experiencing their work day. So yes, it was it was an eye-opening experience and one that I'm really grateful that I had in high school rather than in college, because that could have been terrible. Right. So after high school uh, and those experiences that I gained, I decided that I was going to still pursue a bachelor's of science and and help and help people but in a different medical capacity. So I declared my major as psychology and wow what what a change from the medical field as far as physical medicine into mental medicine and and it was it was it felt so right it helped it helped me understand how i i could pivot i could be malleable and make a difference um a different change and it was okay even though it was scary it was okay um so i i completed all my courses in psychology, I graduated with honors and because I, I love to study, I love to learn. And after I I graduated or before I graduated, I was thinking, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue with my, my education or am I going to go into the corporate world? And so that's when another pivotal moment in my life happened. Mm-hmm. I was so set on going to graduate school. I applied for a couple different programs and, um, and said, I'm going to have a PhD in psychology so I can be an actual psychologist. And I'm going, I'm going to be a clinical psychologist. This is the path for me. I know this is right and I'm going to pursue it. And guess what? you had to pivot, you had to divert, you had to change something. I did. I did. I did not get into graduate school. My GMAT scores were, were good, and I had studied. I had I graduated with honors from Texas Women's University, and I didn't get in. Ugh. How I, did you absorb that? Well, at first— yeah. I was devastated. I felt so sure that I was going to get into grad school since I planned for it. Mm-hmm. I worked really hard. And in my undergraduate years, I excelled. And I thought all of those things combined was going to guarantee me a spot in graduate school. No one else wanted it as much as I did. I was convinced. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember thinking you had planned. It's what you planned on. You're like, this is going
1: to happen. The end. Yeah. Yes. And when you're young, you think, okay, I, I can do anything. (laughs) I get to choose my path. I can, I can do what I set my mind to do. So I remember thinking at that time, I, I, I should have been able to get into, uh, into graduate school and and I, I was, I was devastated. I thought I wasn't good enough. Um, I didn't work hard enough. All of those doubts and questions flooded my mind, mm. mm-hmm. and mm. I failed. And that was a very, a, a very real feeling. Um, I had to change my grand plan. Plans have to change, and that was challenging, very scary. Yeah.
0: How did you pick yourself up? I'm I'm assuming that it get, you need a little time to recover from from, you know, knowing you had to change paths, but how did you how did you maintain your level of confidence at that time so that you could say, you know what? I'm gonna I've gotta make a different choice now.
1: Well, I relied a lot on my family, my faith, and my friends. Mm-hmm. I had an incredible support system of individuals who still believed in me. And because they believed in me, I knew that I could overcome this event in my life. Um, The confidence that I felt was really diminished, but through love and support and understanding and, and getting through that situation, it helped me understand just because my grand plan did not work out the way I wanted it to did not mean that I wasn't good enough. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad that you had such a good support system to show you that. Thank you. Thank you. I was too. I don't think I would be here without it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now now you're a business owner because you know because you changed your path. So um okay, so then what? What happened after that? GMAT changes things. What does Susie do
1: next? Well, Susie figures out, well, what can I do with my bachelor's degree in psychology? There's so many different things that I can do to help people. What mm-hmm. is the best thing for me to choose. So, I decided I was going to go ahead and go into the corporate world and look for my first job. And it was it was hard, but it was well worth it. My first job in corporate America was with a language interpretation company. I was referred over, which was an incredible honor after being after being a recent graduate from college and not having a ton of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was referred over to this language interpretation company and I was on my way. I was going to climb that corporate ladder that people talk about all the time. I was going to be successful and I was going to accomplish everything I set out to do. And so This company, this language interpretation company, had just moved their corporate offices, their corporate headquarters to Dallas. And it was a great opportunity for me to serve the leaders of the company who were in charge of the Northeast region of the United States. Well, then, about a year later, the company was sold to a huge competitor, and I was laid off. I couldn't believe... Welcome to corporate America. (laughs) yes (laughs)
0: there's your initiation right there (laughs) yes looking good feeling good oh got laid off yeah yes
1: got laid off yeah um I did not think so early in in my early on in my career that I would have experienced a layoff but there I was Mm. things change Mm -hmm, they change things change again I guess and I've i i had to move on. I had to move on. And so one of the things that I decided was maybe I'm not, I'm not doing what I'm really meant to do. So you have to rethink, you think about your life, where do I need to be? Where do I need to go? And that's when the voice inside of me said, you need to get into human resources, really dive in, really dive in. And, and so I did. I thankfully met a fantastic individual at that company that was sold who stayed in the Dallas area. And she said, I need help. Would you like to come and work with me as an HR assistant? And I was over the moon. I was so excited. And I said, well, of course I would love to. I had such great rapport and a great relationship with this, this woman. And, and so I, I did, I started my career in, human resources specifically. And I went through a lot of different challenges. I, I started as an HR assistant, and then I left that company to become an HR coordinator. Then when I didn't see any growth opportunities from being an HR coordinator, I decided, what can I do? I, I have to stand out. I need to stand apart from the rest of the HR world. And so that's when I decided I was going to study for the professional and human resources exam and become certified. I was sure that I had, having this certification was going to pivot me into the direction I needed to go. And so I studied for six months. I, I know I love to learn. I love to <laughs> be able to accomplish new things and I love new challenges. And so I studied for six whole months to prepare for this exam. And I passed the first time, which was amazing. Most people didn't pass at that time, their first time they had to attempt a second or third time. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, my hard work paid off. I I studied long enough. I was dedicated, even though I was working a full-time job, I prioritized really well. And I made it. I did it. Well, after going back to work and saying, hey, I just passed my professional and human resources exam, which is a distinguished award or a, a distinguished certification to have. I'm ready to be promoted to an HR generalist. I'm ready. Well, do you think the company <laughs> felt the same way?
0: No, no. I was waiting. I had the pregnant pause. I'm like, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> yes. What did they say? What did they not do? Where it's coming. What is it? What did what happened? Oh Lord.
1: Well, they did not feel the same way. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, right? Mm-hmm. It's corporate America for you. Mm-hmm. So I I said, okay, well, if I can't grow and I and I and the certification really doesn't mean anything to this company, what am I doing here? I need to move.
0: So I did. That's a really good question because a lot of people won't ask themselves that. I was one of those people. Like if you can see that there's no room to grow, but you just kind of sit there and maybe you just take it and you're like, oh, it's paycheck, you know, whatever. I kind of like what I'm doing, but you're not growing. It's not fulfilling. No. So I admire that you recognize that because that wasn't going to happen for you. Sorry. Go ahead. Just had to say that.
1: No, you're very kind, Holly. You're very kind. Thank you. And so I, I said, okay, it's time to make a move. Let's do this. So after that, I found a company, a new company in the healthcare industry that said, yeah, we think you're ready to be an HR generalist. You have great experience. You're certified and come and work for us. And that was an amazing Excellent. experience. It was an amazing experience. And I, I, I knew, I knew that was a really great place to be. This particular company helped people that were addicted to opioids. I think everyone knows about the opioid epidemic and how much it's affected people's lives. Well, this company had clinics all over the United States in different areas that really needed the help to help these people and serve the communities. So I thought I'm in the best place. This is it. I'm going to be at this company for a long time. I'm going to promote, I'm going to learn a ton and I'm on my way. This is, this is it.
0: Well, after is there a, big a little butt bit coming, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs>
1: there's a butt coming. I could feel it. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> well, our HR department, it had to grow because the company continued to expand and to explode. Um, as, as this epidemic was rampant throughout the whole United States. And, and so I, I was, I was determined, okay, well, there's going to be a manager position that's going to open up or a business partner position that's going to open up. It's bound to happen. Well, it didn't. We had leadership in that company that believed in keeping things very lean and, and very then, and, and, and very budgeted. And so mm. even though we grew as a company and opened new clinics and acquired other companies underneath our umbrella, the HR department wasn't going anywhere. And so mm. I decided, okay, it's time to make a move again. I I need I need to increase my knowledge. I have great experience here, but I need to move on. And so I did. And after that, I became an HR business partner at a retail firm. And that was a great experience as well. And then um, I had to leave after six months of, of being at that retail company, which was very difficult for me. There were things that questioned my ethics, questioned who I was. And Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't the right environment for me. So just after a six-month stint of being an HR business partner, I left and I became a senior HR business partner. Oh, wow. Okay, so you were escalating. You were escalating your career. I was doing my best to do that. But things change. They always change. You have to be willing to, to be malleable. So... After being a senior HR business partner in a mortgage company for nearly two years, I was ready to become a director of human resources. And I was told when I was hired as a senior HR business partner that that would be attainable. I could do it. Well, after two years in the company, it looked like that was not going to be a promise that was fulfilled. So... I decided to start looking again and I became an HR director at an IT company. It was an amazing journey through corporate America and I continued to learn, learn. I continued to expand. And then in November of 2021, just last year, my dream of becoming an HR director was real. And then what happened? Corporate America shaped me. (laughs) It shaped me. I had a a lot of different experiences. I experienced things from a different perspective. I met many talented people, but I also met um, many people, many people who believed in empowering or believed empowering employees threatened their own job or would risk their solid reputation. i worked for and beside phenomenal individuals, but some were engulfed in corporate politics and couldn't handle their peers succeeding. I learned you're very replaceable. Even if you work hard and try to do all the right things. Right. Right. They they make sure
0: that you live in that fear. Like, yeah, Susie, you're really good at what you do, you're excellent, but you're always
1: replaceable. Just remember. Yes. That. We're always yeah. replaceable. Uh-huh. And and even if you're doing your best, you are replaceable. So after I realized this, that helped me to grow individually and prioritize my goals yet again in my life. After becoming a director, I thought I would be able to lead a team, accomplish many goals, and create a center of excellence as I love to talk about and many companies talk about it right in my own department, the plans changed again. Mm -hmm. So at that point in my life, that was in May of this year. So in May, my dad was diagnosed with dementia My parents taught me from an early age that I would be the happiest when I was my own boss, when I owned my own business, no matter what industry it was. That's resonated with me all of these years. And at that point, I asked myself, with my dad being diagnosed with dementia, what was I doing with my life? Was I truly happy? Did I love what I was doing and who I was working for? What could opening my own HR consulting firm do to help my dad and my own small family. So after much thought, yeah, really deep. So after much thought and consideration and, and, and talking with my husband, I married to a wonderful man. He and I decided jointly that it was time. This was the time to start Herculean HR.
0: Okay, okay. So what i what I hear you saying is that that's where you you kind of went examined your your purpose and your why. And that's it's such a used term right now. But you're like, why am I doing this? Then you look at your life situation, and you're like, wait, I can be doing things differently. My parents believe in in You know me becoming an entrepreneur. This is what I love to do. I'm in this situation. It was really a great time for you to make that switch, especially Susie with everything that you had learned. Because I'm listening as you're going and I'm hearing the growth and then a change and growth and change. And that's not really how we're raised. We're raised to think that you go to college, you get your degree, maybe you get your graduate degree, and then You work for the same company or in the same industry from then on until you're 65, then you get retirement. And it's not like that. It's Mm -hmm. especially not anymore. It's not like that. Um, So I know I appreciate all of these changes you've had on your path because this is realistic. There, you know, it's the highs and the lows. And um, I'm glad that you're able to come to a point where like, nope, you know, last May, what, not even six months ago, Mm -hmm. um, you're like, no, it's time for me to pull the trigger. It's time for me to go out on my own. So when you did that, um, what were some of the, the feelings that you experienced along the way when you, when you first made that decision to go, you know what? I'm going to do this.
1: To be perfectly honest with you, Holly, it was mm-hmm. daunting and terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Daunting. There's mm-hmm. so many unknowns. The Mm -hmm. days of receiving a steady paycheck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Over. Yes. How would I find clients? How would this work? Am I going to be able to make this work? So many questions ran through my mind that scared me. And I felt like I didn't have a lot of answers. Very few answers. Mm -hmm. But this would be the best avenue for me to go down in order to help my parents and my family with the upcoming challenges that await us. Yes, that's true. Very true. Yeah. I, after starting the company on June the 6th, I, about three weeks later, I started to doubt. I started to think, did I make a foolish decision? Was it was it foolish to leave corporate America? Was it was I being selfish in pursuing my own dream while my husband is slaving away at his job, right? <laughs> Making sure that we can make ends meet. I needed reassurance or redirection at that time, right? And because I sought it, I received it. I felt that I needed to keep going. I had. I had the, a path and I was going the right direction. I was on the right track. And as long as I kept putting the effort in, everything mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. okay. Then that's when fear subsided and excitement came into my life more and more each day. The doubts started to subside, they faded. I was meant to help more than just one company at a time. And this was the right direction for me to go. I began to believe in my ability rather than doubting I wasn't good enough to do this. Right. And that's,
0: that is, um, essential to when you're starting your own business. Cause it's easy to, to sit in doubt and think about all the what ifs. What if I can't, what if I won't, what if I don't, mm-hmm. instead of thinking about all the things that you're going to do. Yes. You know, all the things that are, that are working, that are getting you movement, even if it's a little bit every day, every day, maybe you just got a lead or a contact with somebody that's progress. And I think it's hard for us as humans and women to really accept the good things and sit in that moment and let that lead you instead of dwelling in, I don't have a consistent paycheck. Should have, I, should I have left? You know, or what are people going to think if this doesn't work out? Like it, it's almost easier just to sit on that side of it than to look to the future. I'm, I could say that because I've done that. So I'm, I'm proud of you for looking at it in that way because you've had a lot come to you, Susie. Like in a short period of time, you've built, you've built your business.
1: It is a work in progress, and you're very <laughs> kind, Holly. I, <laughs> I think we often feel that we don't deserve or we don't, we don't, we can't get there. But if we let that consume us, then we'll become paralyzed. You have to keep going.
0: You've got to keep going. You're going to have entrepreneurial inertia. You just kind of like, like you said, you're paralyzed. You kind of like, which way do I go? Yeah. Um, So... Now we're six months into your business. You have clients, you've built this, you're making it happen. What advice do you have for other women who are maybe two years behind you, three years behind you, and they, they know they're going to want to do something different, but they don't know how to find the confidence or what they should do to plan or just to get started?
1: Well, first and foremost... Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. We as women are given thoughts and feelings for a reason. That's one of the many gifts that we we have in our lives. Don't be afraid to act on what your thoughts and feelings are telling you to do. Your conscious is there for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. as long as you listen, you you're gonna be okay. You need to listen. Don't sit and wait for things to happen. You have to make them happen. Also, if you're starting out or even if you haven't opened your own business yet, you must physically write down your goals and aspirations and look at them often. Look at them several times a day. You have to have that bigger picture in your mind, in order for you to get over some of those challenges you're going to have as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Another tip I would love to give women is continually work on your personal development. You'll be able to help many more people when your own cup is filled. True. Very true. Very Another tip that I can say, and I'm, I'm sorry, um, don't be so hard on yourself. Each of us have the potential to do great things and make a lasting difference. That's another gift that we've been given as women. Remember, I remember this as often as I can, that a seed has to be buried in dirt before it can sprout out of the ground and become beautiful. It's so true. Girl, we've been buried in dirt. Yes, (laughs) we have been buried in dirt and that is yeah. okay. Dirt dirt is has to be there to cultivate us, to yeah. help us grow. We wouldn't be able to get to where we want to be if we were not first buried in that dirt. <laughs> so the message here is the dirtier you get,
0: the more successful you're going to be. When it comes at you, know that it's just part of it. You got to yes. get through it. Got to get through the dirt and the grit to grow. Yes, and it yeah, it's true. It I like that, you. Susie. I like that. <laughs> That's
1: well, a good thank one. you. Well, um, yeah, it applies to us just as the uh-huh. seed needs dirt. We need dirt too. We have to have yeah. those experiences and we have to look for those opportunities in order to grow, to become what we want to be. Also, right. we have to keep going. I, Don't no. give up. No perseverance truly pays off. I saw that multiple times in my human resources career through corporate America. Mm-hmm. Don't roll over. Be willing to make take a leap. It, it, is, it is a leap. It is scary. But if you take that leap and you believe that you can do it and you have a great support system, you're going to go very far. We Lastly, a piece of advice is Ask for help. Nobody oh, yeah. can accomplish things all on their own. Even when you don't think that you need assistance, we need it. You never know what is going to help someone else get through their journey if they're allowed to help you and serve you. And that is going to help you remain connected with your community. Be as, as strong as you can. So when you ask for help, and even when you don't think you need that help, you will be able to accomplish so much more. We need each other. I agree because especially when you come
0: out of corporate America, I mean, I wasn't used to asking for help. If you did, you were Mm -hmm. kind of looked down upon. You're like, oh, you need help? Why do you need help? Are you not good at your job? It's different out here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's different you have to use your community you have to stay connected to your community you have to ask for help you do not have to do this alone and yes. and you'll be able to help others as well because it's in life is going to be a lot easier if you choose to ask for help Susie so that's that's great advice that's great advice Well miss Susie, what if people want to get in touch with you to learn more about your business or maybe to have you on a podcast how can they connect with you?
1: Well I I have so many different mediums of communication that are available and out there for people to get a hold of me to see what Herculean HR can do to help them. So um, I am always available um, via email, uh, phone call, text message. Um, (laughs) I also have a a wonderful website. You go to www.herculeanhr.com then you're going to see all the different services that we offer and what we can do to help make your company even better. Um, I'm more than happy to say my what my telephone number is. It's 469-363-1432. And my email is Susan, even though I go by Susie. Susan mm-hmm. is my my serious name, I like to say. <laughs> right. And my email is Susan at HerculeanHR.com. Mm-hmm. I would be most honored to help you and will help you accomplish your goals if you'll allow me the chance to do so. Well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that
0: information. That will also go out on the social media posts for our listeners so they can get connected with Susie. Thank you, Susie, for joining me today. That is a wrap. Thanks. As you've heard today, life will throw you many curveballs. You can try to dodge them or catch them and then throw that damn ball right back, confidently knowing that you have belief in yourself. Here are my two tips for you today. The first one is be aware that if your prepared path is interrupted, that is normal. If you don't get into the school you want or the job, or you don't get a promotion that you really wanted, that means there is another path for you. Don't dwell on what didn't happen. That is a waste of time. Secondly. When your plans don't fall into place, do not engage in that negative trash talk in your head. And you know what I mean, the thoughts that you have blaming yourself for it or beating yourself up. All that will do is create limiting beliefs about yourself. This will lead you to thinking you can't do things or you're not worthy or deserving. I know, ladies, because I have done this to myself. This is experience talking here. Instead, rely on your support system to help remind you of who you are and lift you up. And when you feel yourself engage in negative thinking, recognize it, interrupt it, and rewire your thoughts by instead telling yourself, I can, I will, and I am worthy. Those are my parting words today. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until the next episode of Talking Confidence. you Talking Confidence listeners for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollycaplin.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks.